It's Thursday, March 14th, 2019, and you're listening to Last Time on Video Games, the show about retro video games and sometimes some other stuff. You're listening to episode 254, Where Are the Missiles? Runtime for this episode is 51 minutes. Hello and welcome to Last Time on Video Games, the podcast that demands you bring us barbecue wings. My name is Jeremy. Hello, Seattle. I'm Tyler. I'm lost. Like I'm usually okay to figure out what you guys are talking about. Sitcom I don't reference. Anything. Oh, okay. I'm I'm not familiar with yours that. or mine. Exactly. I thought your, wasn't yours the Wings theme song. That was my guess. Oh no, my it was a. Uh... It's a song called On the Ween by El City. The guy who did Fireflies, I think, was the If song. you want to make a musical reference, any Paul McCartney song is the right choice. <laughs> oh, did B- Band on the Run. Well, I guess Jet Plane is the right choice in this case, but what, what? Band on the Run or... What would put on this jet plane? I'm leaving on a jet plane. Don't know when I'll be back again. I don't know this song. Okay. Well, Band on the Run then. Uh, no, yeah. I know Band on the Run. Or uh, Live and Let Die. Okay, uh, so when he said jet plane, I was thinking it was like b- big old jet air- airliner. Not nah, danger zone would be the best one. I don't think that's a Paul McCartney danger zone. <laughs> no, but it's a theme song to Top Gun. It is. Did I tell you guys that at karaoke a while ago I did uh... gay bar? No, I wanted to do gay bar. Uh, no, danger high voltage. Oh, same you did band. Tell, you did but... tell me this song. And I the did song? Yes, this sorry. song, this song, you yeah, know, and I had to do both the male and the female part because Jen wouldn't get up and do it with me because she had never heard the song before. Um, and unfortunately, the female part, I think like, I don't know, he's the front man for some other band and he just screams the lines at, at the top of his lungs. Yeah, that so. sounds like <laughs> I can't even remember what that band is called, but it sounds like that. Uh, the Electric Six. Yes. Um, I also learned that the male guy who was in the music video was actually Jack White, which I was not expecting. So. Of the White Stripes. Zach has just given me a weird look. <laughs> like, do you not know who Jack White is? Tyler. Zach doesn't what know do many things. I feel like I feel like you might have encountered Jack White at some point in your life. No, I've never met him. No, uh, he's everywhere. Literally, he's ubiquitous. He's like cockroaches. Like, every time you get a new appliance, you gotta check it for Jack White's. So- Tyler, another thing I gotta <laughs> remind you of. I barely know the people I work with's names. <clears throat> Hell if I know anybody else. Also, I'm his DM, and I don't like to throw undead that drain levels at my players. (laughs) (laughs) That was just a pun, Zach. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. I I got it now. I felt felt really... I feel stupid. So, Zach, what have you been playing while you avoid Jack White? I've been playing a lot of MechWarrior Online, because the Warhammer 2C came out. And so I was completing all the challenges for that, and then, like, the try-hard missions that came out for that. Not associated with the actual Warhammer 2C, like, a launch, but they were just, like, challenges that you could complete and get get free stuff for. On the stream that I participated in, I had a really good night, although it was, like, the first game we played, my team lost, but I ended up with four kills out of, like, seven. So I did pretty well there. It was also pretty funny because two of the guys that I got or right in front of the stream, or like literally right in front of him, they just kind of died. Like, uh, could I use you as a shield? Because that guy just died. I need a new one. MWO is still a fun game. I'm not sure how like much I would actually recommend other people getting into it, but it's still fun. Which like, is funny because you've really waffled on that opinion 
like oh even over the course of the last like four months like i think you guys should get into it and now you're like i don't think that i don't think i've ever i've i've said that people should i think people should check it out because it's a free game like there's no real barrier to entry because it's free it's a little bit like trying war thunder you can try them both for free getting into them like actually getting into the game you know buying stuff or farming out enough currency to buy a new mech or something that's a little bit of a different story because there's a much more significant time investment or monetary investment. Okay, I'll allow that difference. Also, I need to check out War Thunder still because that sounds like a game that would be fun. It's kind of fun. I haven't played it in a while. Ever since I got a P38 Lightning, which is kind of funny. I got it and then immediately had like three or four games that were really bad for me. And I was like, I'm going to set this aside for now. The last couple of days, I actually picked up Pokemon Ultra Sun again. Bold choice. We'll see if that pays off for him, Cotton. <laughs> Because we were talking a lot about Pokemon Sword and Shield, and I'm like, oh, I have Ultra Sun that I never actually beat, so I'm going to go do that because... Have you gotten to the part where Team Rainbow Rocket shows up here? No, that's at the end. I know it is. That's the only part I'm interested in, though. (laughs) I just beat the Fire Trial. Okay. Um, That's on the second island, right? Yeah, it's the last trial of the second island. Okay, so now you have to beat Olivia and her giant hips. Yeah, I didn't... (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, she repeatedly tells you she's single. I didn't... Um, it's not subtle or anything. Although, isn't your character like 12? Yes! <laughs> I didn't start the game from the beginning. I had already I, had a yeah. save on that island. I hadn't actually completed any of the challenge missions on that island yet, but I was on there. I, apparently, I think they changed... No, it's not the fire one that's the last one. It's the grass one that's actually the last challenge, and I just did that one, not the fire one. Okay, I don't even remember the grass challenge. I know there was one. Yeah. You go into the forest and... and get a bunch of ingredients. Okay. And fight some Pokemon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember this now. The Sword and Shield confirmed gyms are coming back because please. I still really wish that Sword and Shield was some kind of medieval Pokemon game because that sounds like it'd be so much fun. No, you've got like a luggage trunk backpack, <laughs> so it's already not medieval. It oh, might it's be Mary Poppins. It might be Mary Poppins or it might be like. Uh... Your kid's homeless. It might be that you're homeless. Yeah, also that. Um, I assume you'll go to a school that's a castle in the middle of it. It might also be like 1800s. I don't know. We'll find out. I don't know. I'm, I'm looking forward to that just because it's, it's Pokemon and therefore kind of by default I'm looking forward to it. I was going to pick up Left Alive earlier this week, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to check on the reviews and stuff before I actually buy that game. Because Jump Force was so bad. I'm like, I'm going to double check most of these before they come out. And uh, Left Alive, apparently a dumpster fire, so I didn't pick that up. You've explained this game to me twice, and I still don't know what it is. It's like a stealth action type game, like I think Metal Gear Solid-like in the front mission universe. Okay. But apparently it ended up being kind of crap. Okay, but like a very, very bad Metal Gear Solid. Yeah. With mechs. Yeah. I I guess Metal Gear Solid already has mechs, so that was redundant. (laughs) Metal Gear Solid Five weirdly kind of didn't, except for the one it totally had. Anyway. But are they developing a weapon? To surpass Metal Gear. I have no idea. I didn't play it. I didn't buy it because I wasn't going to pay 60 bucks for that. It was a game that, like, it was out in Japan for, like, two weeks and was already in the bargain bins and they had blocked the, uh... Yeah, that's not a good sign. They blocked streaming of it. I mean, Japan does that all the time. Blocking streaming? Yeah, they love Or shoving their new releases into bargain bins. (laughs) (laughs) Mostly Um, the former, occasionally the latter. And then looking up other things, because I wasn't sure when Dead or Alive 6 was coming out, and that was one of those games that I'm like, I kinda, I, I'm i a Dead or Alive fan. I like the games. And that's where you found that they uh... had a $92 season pass. Yeah. Well, once I got past the sticker shock, I was like, 
You know, actually, I'm okay with that because they tell you exactly what's in it. D- yeah. Do you feel like it's $92 worth of content, though? Not to me, but I could see it being worth it to somebody else. And they do tell you everything that's in the in the pack. Yeah, which is better than a lot of season passings will do, yeah. As opposed so- to, like, all the nickel and diming you see in a lot of other series where it's like, pay $1 to get this thing. But it's pay one dollar a hundred times. Yeah, it's like imagine a year long League of Legends season pass. How much would that cost? Ooh, like that's... more than ninety two bucks, right? And I yeah. feel like they're very comparable in what they're offering. So it's more just a view of how much buying a lot of cosmetics costs. Apparently, the like Dead or Alive Core Fighters thing ended up if you were to buy all of the season pass and stuff like that on Steam, it comes out to over a thousand dollars. Like if you buy all the DLC without the season pass, yeah. Yeah, like on there. I don't know if they have season passes on Steam for that one though, because that one is also a little bit of a different. Because that's like the free to play version. Oh, okay. Where you have to buy all the characters as well. So, like, I thought about that. I'm probably gonna pick that one up when I pick up Dead or Alive Five. I haven't not Dead or Alive Five. Devil May Cry Five. Dead or Cry. Because later on this month, Senkiro comes out, and I'm already buying. um, That is the Dark Souls. They were gonna make another Tenchu, but they're like, we wanted this to be more like Dark Souls, so it should make it its own thing. Oh. Yeah, that's what that one is. That's interesting. I'm and into then, that. Like, I'm already Super Robot buying Wars Super coming Robot out Wars T at the end of the month. Um, which I'm really hoping one of the things that I found is wrong because it was saying that Rain isn't a playable character. And I'm like, no, I really please. Hope that's not right. Please, I need Rain in this game. <laughs> I, I mean, I'll with... settle for Alan B. But... Alan B's in the game, but I, I, know. I don't know where they got their information. So, like, I'm not going to quote it as red because, again, I have no idea. The game will be out on the 20th, and I'll find out then. Of course, I won't actually get the game until probably April, but... Anything else, Zach? Uh, Anything that you have been playing instead of you you have not been playing? <laughs> because thing- at some point, this segment became things Zach isn't playing. Th- things Zach is intending well, to Well, Zach will eventually play. Uh, me and Kevin actually got in a, unfortunately, only one game of Ultimate Chicken Horse before we recorded... Uh, this week, which mainly because I think Kevin's connection crapped out on us. So How many black holes were in it? Uh, only one. We only had one black hole, but we had like four pendulums. What any of this? Oh, so, so one of the things you can place is a black hole, which will affect physics objects. So if you like have a bow or a crossbow and a black hole, the black hole will pull in the arrows and okay. affect their trajectory. And a pendulum is just a swinging pendulum? Uh, it's a wrecking ball. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> It's, I don't know why you called it a pendulum. I mean, it is, scientifically speaking, a pendulum, but it's a wrecking Can ball. you write it? No. And come I mean, in you can like r- a... Well, there are posthumous deaths. You do get points for crossing the finish line dead. So <laughs> if you time it right, yes, you can. But And that game's quite fun. It's, it's a party game, so I'm not... Unfortunately, so if you only have, you know, no, if you don't have any friends to play it with, I wouldn't recommend getting it, because you don't have anyone to play it. You literally cannot play it alone. It actually tells you on the Steam page. This is a multiplayer game. You can build challenge levels. And but what are you doing? But you can't do anything else or unlock anything from doing that. You have to play the party mode. Yeah, that's that's a fun game. Uh, not a game I thought I was ever going to want to pick up because it's a platforming type of game. But again, party game, a lot of fun with friends. So It's more of a be a dick to your friend game than it is a platforming <laughs> which is, game. <laughs> which platforming is the, is the method of their demise. Which is something I am good at. So yeah, me and Kevin, like I said, played one game of that. Even though we tried to Play another one. We had both kind of agreed that it's not nearly as good with only two people. It seems like a game you really want four people. It loses a lot with only two people. That's fair. And since we all have switches, switchopities, and PCs, and PCs, yeah, I guess we should figure out what combination of things to do. I I think we can get a four-person game going. It it says it has cross-play with the Switch, but I don't know how that. Huh? Huh? 
Like, if you look it up this on is the, worth experimenting. If you look it up on the Switch, it does say it has cross-play. I don't know how it works, but it, that's what it claims. Like I said, I'm planning on, before we start recording, I'm planning on picking it up for the Switch because that's a much more friendly option for if, like, we all happen to be in the same room together for a change. And I feel like that's a game I'd rather play on console. Anyway. Yeah. That's all I've been doing. What have you been up to, Tyler? All sorts of things. And by all sorts of things... I mean, actually, surprisingly, no Assassin's Creed, really. I don't know Did why. Did you burn out on it? No, I haven't even burnt out on it yet. I just haven't. It's actually more that I unburnt out on the Lawn Dark. I can't remember what the heck I was doing the last time I talked about it. I think I might have been You're doing You're trying to go to a run. mountain lighthouse something? Uh, oh, man, that was forever ago. Um, No, I failed that one. I ran out of time. So I picked up Nomad, which is like their easiest challenge, but it's like, go to a place, live in place for three days. And I'm like, well, I have nothing to do because I have too many resources so I guess I'll just sit here. It's not a very good challenge. Uh, so I dropped that one after getting to like five places and instead did another one that's stockpile a bunch of good in 30 days and then a blizzard comes um, and then you get to live out on the rest of your supplies after that and see how long you can last. Which sounds like a much more fun challenge. <laughs> yeah, I've always wanted to die slowly in a <laughs> blizzard. That's yeah. my definition of fun. I don't know what to tell you. I love the long dark and dying slowly in a blizzard. I mean, I guess it's kind of the same thing that is uh, fun about games like Dark Souls. It's just inverted. Dark Souls, you die incredibly quickly. <laughs> somebody beating you upside the face with a hammer. This is dying very slowly to mother of nature being a bitch yeah there are lots of wolves also and they eat your face also lots of bears i've been mauled by a bear three times in this run that's more than like entire runs have gone have you been preventing forest fires i have it's snowy there <laughs> okay. are no <laughs> so what it actually is is it's Yogi looking for your picnic basket. <laughs> and unfortunately, my picnic basket is in my coat. No, you already ate it. Yeah, <laughs> I already ate it. It's a problem it. for him, though. And his bear ingenuity. I thought you were going to say his bear engines. <laughs> I should have said ursine ingenuity. It's much more fun to say. It is, yes. What else, Tyler? Hmm. I feel like there was a thing else. Oh, I played Gungeon again for the first time in forever. And then the very first run I did, I won. Yay. And yeah, so that was cool. What else have I been playing? This is not a video game, but there are video games based on it, I think. No, I uh, actually got together with Ed in person, which was a weird thing, I know. What was I going to say about that? Oh, yeah, no, we played Pandemic Oh God Holland is Drowning edition. I'm not a pandemic enthusiast. You know, I liked it the first couple times I played it, and I could see, like, I'm glad it existed because it kind of started bringing that style of game into the limelight. I mean, also Catan, but no one likes Catan. I like Catan. I don't like Catan. I don't like Catan. Catan's the good parts of Monopoly. <laughs> okay. Rolling dice to get the right resources. <laughs> No, wheeling and dealing and screwing over your friends yeah. by giving them what they think is a sweet deal, but is actually a sweet deal for you. That you should play oh, Twilight man. Imperium. It's like diplomacy. <laughs> that sounds... Look, <laughs> I don't have a year, Tyler. It's, <laughs> that must be why I do pretty well in Catan, is because I'm good at screwing people over. That's important, especially if you build a road right where they want to go, and they're like, God yep. damn it. Um, I also feel like Ticket to Ride is good for that. I never played Ticket to Ride. It's a really fun game. I'm sad it took me so long to get around to playing it. What the heck was I going to say about... Oh, yeah. Yeah, Drown in Holland Edition. I think I actually like it better than regular Pandemic. You, like, have dikes, and you have to prevent the sea from flooding you, but then your dikes fail, and that's what you get instead of diseases spreading. 
Is water? Yeah, is water. Can you get a bucket? Everyone has a bucket. Uh, some people are better with buckets, though. That was the other thing I was going to say about Catan that reminded me. So we got like a new office fund manager. I think I mentioned this a while ago. Office, office fund manager. manager. Yeah, she has a real job title that sounds official, but as far as she's like community engagement manager or something, but she basically is in charge of making sure that software engineers are a group of people who are prone to isolation and depression actually communicate with each other and don't hate their jobs. Uh, yeah, ours is called the Promise Team. They haven't met in, I think, three weeks. Or, I, I, I'm sorry, I said three weeks. I'm in three months. The Promise Team? Promise Team! <laughs> so you're saying they broke their promise. The closest thing my office has to that is they bring in donuts and stuff every Wednesday. So I started up a while ago, like, a fortnightly. There's a word for that. I was going to say bi-weekly, but that can either mean twice a week or once or twice. That's the problem with the with the prefix bi. Yeah. So fortnightly, a fortnightly board game. Never thing. use Fortnite for anything. Is Fortnite 20 days or is that two weeks? Two I thought weeks. it was eight days. I thought it was two weeks. I'm pretty sure it's two weeks. You could be right. I was I, I was about to a... Google Fortnite, and I realized what would happen if well, I actually, did. Actually, if you just type in Fortnite, spell, if you spell it right. If you spell it right, as opposed to how Epic spelled it, it should be fine. Google says equals 14 days. Okay, does it? A period of two weeks, British. Informal. Use after the name of a day to indicate that something will take two weeks after that day. Okay, so I had always assumed it was eight days because I'm not British. Also, so I just looked this up because- There's was... no definition that says eight days. Well, I must have assumed it because of... It must have been something that caused me... It's like a baker's dozen. It's a fort week. I don't know. So, because I was going to look up Fortnite and I still had this up and I forgot to ever read an article. Yes, Ultimate Chicken Horse does have cross-platform play with the PS4 and the Switch. With the PC, each individually, I don't think it can go like other... It's, it's, it's a one-directional triangle thing. But not the Xbox One. The Xbox One <laughs> is in its own little corner. Well, yeah. Is it even on the Xbox One? Yes, and it doesn't have cross-platform play. That's because nothing happens on the Xbox One. I found out Kingdom Hearts 3 was on the Xbox One. And I was what? Like, why? <laughs> what was, why did Square... So Square was like, they're not getting any other games. We can give them this. <laughs> well, I mean, it makes sense. It probably doesn't cost them a whole hell of a lot more additional money to put it on there, and they probably made it back anyway. Well, yes, it just was perplexing to me. I think uh, all of them have cross-play on Fortnite. Because I know that was a big I would thing believe that PS4 that. didn't have cross-play. Also, it has a mobile version. Yeah, it has a phone version. Fortnite has basically taken over the world. Well, look, yes, I get emails at work about Fortnite promotions. <laughs> All right, anyway, where I was going with this is our new office fund manager has wanted to participate in my board game week, but I have not done it since she got hired because it, like just people keep falling through or I'm not there or like a variety of things keep happening. I think Fridays are maybe a bad day to do this in retrospect. But she was like, hey, everyone in this office loves board games, right? I've only ever played Catan, so I'm going to order Catan. But what other games do you guys want? So, of course, she ordered Catan and an expansion and everyone was like, no, not Catan. Why? So now we have it. And I just noticed them today. And you know what they she got? The box set of Splendor and all of its expansions. Ooh. And you know where it's sitting? Literally right behind my desk. And it's been there for a week and I only just noticed today. <laughs> I do like a Splendor. Splendor is fun. I'm just really bad at it. I like me Splendor. There was a Humble Bundle a while ago that was a bunch of, I think I talked about this a while ago, um, that was a bunch of board games on, on the mobile phones. And one of them was Splendor. So their mobile version of Splendor only has the city's expansion. There's like a buy this link for the other two, and it takes you to dead pages on their website. <laughs> huh. um, their website also very, very 90s. It's like plain text, basically, with some like 
out of window pictures. <laughs> is it as good as the Space Jam website? No. Well, okay. Are they going to update that when Space Jam 2 comes out? Oh, that's a good question. Is the background just going to be a tiled pattern of Bill Murray's face? Are they going to take out Michael Jordan and just put LeBron James there? <laughs> Bill Murray is in Space Jam yes. too, right? Is he playing basketball still? No. In spa- oh man, is he? Is Bill be Murray the... is barely in Space Jam too. Oh, I wanted or him to be Space Jam rather. I wanted him to be the disgruntled coach, like he I did this the is. first time around. Oh. oh well, perfect. Oh yeah. Speaking of which, also I watched the new Jumanji. Finally, I heard it's very good. I heard it's very good. I hear it's quite good. Very is maybe a generous word. It is entertaining, definitely, and also I just love The Rock. Um, yeah, well, also, Karen Gillan. Karen Gillan, The Rock, and Black Jack. How bad can Black they do Jack. together? Black Jack, yes. <laughs> you know what I meant. I totally just had an image of Black Jack no, showing up in there. There's a problem with this because there is a fourth character. Oh, that's right. He's the uh, stand-up comic. Yeah. I can't remember his name. It's like Jamal, maybe something. I mean, he looks like he's probably secretly the funniest person in there, but he's also the one I'm least likely to see a movie because he's you know, I think I know who you're talking about but I don't know his name they're all pretty good I he think has th- he has a weakness to cake I know that they actually perform that joke very well in the trailer oh do, do they actually tell you what the punchline yeah. is yeah okay, it, yes. but the, they set up the joke at like the start of the trailer and they do the punchline at the end which yeah. did seem a little spoilery but also if you're gonna put the setup in there it's a good joke and also the setup and the punchline for that one in the actual movie is like a half hour yeah so it's pretty good also I just love the rock he's great um also, Karen Gillan is surprisingly funny in that movie. I don't know. It's pretty good. I give it a B plus. I think Alex liked it a lot more than me, but she's also... I think the reason I said very good is I feel like that movie could only be awful or great. I would say it ended up good. One of my favorite things, though, is that Jumanji, the demonically possessed board game, was like, oh no, people aren't playing dice rolling games anymore. What can I do? And it transforms... Have you come into an Atari game? Yes, it turns itself into an Atari well, game. Well, it has to be old no matter what. It can't change that. It has to be just on the outside of being actually playable. No, it was actually... The guy who picked it up was playing an Atari game when he found it. So... And also, he was a big Metallica fan. It was like the most 80s bedroom that existed. That's not a thing I've been playing. It is just a video game, technically, in that universe now, I guess. That's weird. Thanks, Jumanji. Did you see Happy Death Day to you? No, I have not seen Me it either. yet. One of my coworkers said it was maybe not as good as the original, but definitely worth a watch. So take that for what you will. Um, that probably means I'm going to watch it at some point. Me too. Anyway, I've been rambling for far too long. What have you been up to, Jeremy? I played Kingdom Hearts 2. Two? Two. Okay, have you finished it? Yes. What did you think? Um. So there are definitely some problems in it with pacing and a few other things. But also, it's really easy to see why people love that game so much. It's my brother's favorite game of all time, and I totally get it. And the thing it does with reaction commands, the video game industry should have caught on 10 years ago and just made QuickTime events that. Kingdom Hearts 2 apparently secretly solved QuickTime events 13 (laughs) years ago, and nobody noticed. How do they do this? I mean, I've played that entire game, and I don't... Remember what the hell you're talking about? So every enemy has what's called a reaction command, which is something you can hit triangle to do, and it's enemy-specific, and it's when they do a specific thing. Okay, so it's like a specific parry or something. Yeah, basically, and so it's different depending on the enemy. Like, the first enemies you fight, you just roll behind them, and so now you're behind them, and... Okay, yeah, this, yes. But, like, later on, there are enemies that are snipers, and if you do it, you ride their bullet back to them, because it, like, curves somehow. And the boss fights, a lot of them have multiple different ones that basically are quick-time events in some cases, 
but also they merge into gameplay without any... Um, it doesn't seem to have an no, obvious do- transition. It doesn't take you out of gameplay because it's literally happening during gameplay. Many of them you can just avoid. You can dodge instead or whatever, but you won't get the benefit of succeeding on them. They're not press triangle to not die because they don't kill you if you fail. They usually just do some damage. They're press triangle to do better. Yeah. And they're on a consistent button, so at their core, they're basically quick time events, but they're done so much better. And I have seen games play with this a little bit. The Spider-Man game that came out last year did something similar with its boss fights. The problem with that is they introduced that mechanic three quarters of the way into the game. And so you're like, man, too bad these boss fights are 90% quick time event. Whereas <laughs> in Kingdom Hearts 2, since it's there from the beginning, when it gets a little more intense in boss fights... It feels pretty natural. Most of them just have it as a re- have reactions as just some kind of something that you could do for a dodge in combat. Yeah, because was... most of them are more a little bit more grounded. Yeah, I was going to say it also lets them put a whole bunch of anime in this game and make it look very flashy when you can do that based on specific enemies. I feel like uh, Final Fantasy 15 also has a similar thing for some bosses where, like, if you attack them at a certain time, they'll do a special thing. Yeah. I remember one of the optional bosses, you go up to her and shove a potion or a spell in her mouth and jump off. Although I, a bunch of the bosses in a lot of games nowadays, especially the action ones, are just sequences of quick time events because yeah. they can't be asked to actually make a good boss fight. Yeah, and there's this one in Kingdom Hearts 2. You're fighting a guy with a gun, and part of it is, like, It's like a first-person shooter perspective, but you're seeing his perspective, and you have to dodge him while you're seeing his crosshair, which is like not like the best idea ever, but it's like a super cool, innovative thing. Not really innovative, because they were doing stuff like that in arcades for like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game. Really? I don't remember any. I mean, I believe you, but I don't remember. There's that portion on that where Shredder starts shooting at you, and you're seeing his targeting stuff from the... I, foreground. I believe you, but I don't remember that. Uh, anyway, yeah, it was really cool. It's pr- uh, There's a lot of, like I said, pacing issues. The combat, I don't want to say they fixed it. The end, it was a little less exciting for me because it's so much easier than in the first one because they fixed it, that it didn't have the level of challenge because it was kind of broken. But it ends up feeling like slightly harder Dynasty Warriors combat, actually, yeah. which is actually, I wouldn't say that's what I want in an action game, but it's actually pretty fun. I wouldn't compare it to Dark Souls because it doesn't have that level of challenge, but... Only if you're playing against a lot of hordes. That's where, that's the Dynasty Warriors combat engine working fine, is when you're against hordes. If you're up against one person, it tends to fall apart Yeah, it doesn't feel... It's not a dual game. It's not as interesting if, if you're only up against one dude. Yeah, and you're usually up against like three or four. There is a segment in that game where you have to fight a thousand Heartless, and that's... that's one of my favorite scenes yeah, in that that's entire rad game. as hell. Right before Mickey Mouse is like, you were like, hey, Mickey Mouse, we need to have an awkward conversation. And he's like, I'm going to dive into darkness. Bye. <laughs> oh, wait, no, that that was uh, young Goofy. Sorry. Also, I do like that the second, like, the second act of that game is just Sora going around seeing the ends of Disney movies, just seeing two characters about to bone down, being like, kid, can you get out of here? And he's like, oh, one day I'm going to get back with Kyrie. One day I'm going to find her, and that's going to be great. Like, kid, no, seriously, you're cock-blocking both of us. Get out of here. Go bother Jack Sparrow or something. So, yeah, I really, really liked it. It's also exactly my brand of in this, like, we're going to tell you vague things that if you piece them all together right, you'll be able to tell what's going on. But no one in this series is going to give you a remotely straight answer. And I'm like, yes, I am here for this. Hit me with it. 
tell me more about these weird peoples that have X's in their names for no reason. That's also <laughs> how Dark Souls does storytelling. Is it? I guess that's true. Dark Souls is a lot more environmental, though, right? You have to actually kind of look for the story in Dark Souls. If you're looking for it. Yeah, yeah like read the, the descriptions of items. The story and stuff. isn't really, the, the story isn't why you're inherently there for Dark Souls. At least it wasn't for Dark Souls 3, which is mainly the one that I played. I was there to kill me some boss guys. Whereas this is a series that will have like a four minute cutscene. that's this. Like they're giving you vague stuff and you're like, how many Ansoms are there? Uh, Four? Five? I've seen a lot of theory videos on this and I think the canonical answer is eight at this point. (laughs) Well, I'm only on Kingdom Hearts 2, the third game out of 10. (laughs) I think the appropriate answer is a nuke amount. (laughs) Yep. One one nuke's worth. No, I think they're all the same person. Maybe. I don't well, know. Well, no, Ansem and Ansem the Wise are definitely different people because Ansem is Diz. Also, Riku is Ansem for... Spoilers for Kingdom Hearts 2. <laughs> Riku is Ansem for a while. And also, there's Xenohart and also... Oh, Zen- I'm sorry. Xenohart is, Xenohart is who I was thinking of. There's okay. eight of him. Oh, okay. I, well, <laughs> well, spoilers for whatever Kingdom Hearts game I'm going to play in the future. So there was only a chain of memories be between one and two? Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought there was I'm, like... A million. Th- huh. I didn't realize. I didn't think it was possible for me to be less interested <laughs> in that franchise and just listening to you talk about uh, it. I can feel my interest going down. Oh, he hasn't so talking good. about all the people in black hoodies, though. I, I was gonna say I haven't said anything about Roxas yet. <laughs> <laughs> what about? Wow, there Roxas? you go. It, you just tossed him. You just tossed that dude digging the hole a shovel. What about Roxas? I Jeremy? mean, what not about Roxas? Honestly, why him at all? I like Roxas. <laughs> The first thing I remember thinking when I play Kingdom Hearts 2 is, who is this Roxas? Where is Sora? What is this? That's b- also what you're supposed to think, because that's also what Roxas is thinking <laughs> the entire time. That's fair. <laughs> and also, it's a bold choice to start your uh, game with a week of Twin Peaks mystery stuff where people are stealing the word photo from the vocabulary of people. And you're like, where is Sora? And also Christopher Lee is here in the background. I'm going to give lots of exposition and you'll listen like it's important because I'm Christopher Lee. But also it doesn't really make any sense. And then I play Chain of Memories. So when Axel's like, you're number 13, Roxas, I'm like, oh, I know what that means. But 90% of people were like, what? I assume he was a clone or something. I don't know. He's one of the evil guys, right? That's like his thing. No, he's sore as nobody. What? See, exactly. So anyway, Kingdom Hearts 2, maybe not the greatest game of all time, but for a game from 2006, it holds up really, really well. And it really is what I wanted out of a sequel. They improved almost every aspect. The combat works way better. The gummy ship levels feel like just kind of mediocre Star Fox instead of This will be Star Fox when we get to finishing it. Uh, The story works better, even though there's some weird pacing and the Disney worlds are overall pretty better. They kind of just abandon the platforming, which I'm a little sad about. But like we said in our Kingdom Hearts episode, that was never going to be Square Enix's strength. So it was probably for the best. So overall, pretty positive impressions. Yeah. I have fond memories of that game, but I also haven't played it since basically when it came out. I think it's worth a revisit. That opening is kind of rough, but I also think it really works. Like, it's not rough compared to the Kingdom Hearts 1 opening, but it is one of the things where I'm like, you know, taking your opening and making it four times as long was a bold choice (laughs) when that was one of your problems. I do think you pulled it off, 
but I don't know that that's the solution I would have recommended. <laughs> I know I wouldn't have recommended it. So yeah, now I gotta wait until uh, Super Robot Wars T comes before I play 348 over two days because I told myself I'm gonna <laughs> at least do that before I play any more Kingdom Hearts. Is that the next? Yeah. Okay. I thought that was just some random game. I, I like I've seen it before. Uh, to be fair, you play as Roxas, not Sora in that game. That game's all about what Roxas was doing for the first 348 days of his life. The 348 over two? Why, yes. why is it over two? Because you also play as Axel. For two days? <laughs> Look, I haven't played it, so I, I don't know. I'm kind of curious to know if I'm going to end up beating Super Robot Wars T before you. Okay, I'm sorry. I just have to read this brief blurb from Wikipedia about this game. Okay, hit me. <clears throat> In Kingdom Hearts, Sora turned the Keyblade on himself in order to release Kairi's heart, That's but true. his heart was also released in the process. This brought into the creation Roxas, Sora's nobody. Yep. Unlike most nobodies, however, Roxas has no memories of his past. What the hell is a nobody? You played Kingdom Hearts 2 a long time ago, because that's all about nobodies. Yeah. See, see, Tyler, when a heartless is made, but you're of really strong will, your body keeps going on as a nobody. What what happens to, like, the rest of you? Well, you're dead because you became a Heartless. Okay. So it's kind of like Bleach. Yes. It's okay. very much like Bleach. Um, it's very similar ideas. But Kyrie hugged Sora and made him okay again. So Sora is a special case where he's running around and his nobody is running around. Anyway, he joins Organization 13 and slowly begins to discover the truth behind his existence in the organization itself. He meets and befriends a 14th member, who I assume is that one guy, Axel? Yes. Yeah. Who also can't remember his past. Who is he, then? Who's Axel? You don't find out in Kingdom Hearts 2. Okay. Maybe you find out in 348 over 2? All right, so speaking of Kingdom Hearts, we played Wing Commander this week. <laughs> so Wing Commander is a game where they're like, hey, what if we made Star Wars a game, but we took out all that Jedi stuff and that Rebellion stuff and just made it about piloting definitely not X-Wings. Do these look like X-Wings at all? Kinda. I didn't feel like they I said like definitely X-Wings. not. Okay. I didn't feel like they looked anything like they X-Wings, but... They look visually seem like... to be more beefy versions of the, Star, of the Battlestar Galactica fighter. Yeah, I would agree with that. Anywho. I just meant the vibe is all very, very Star Wars. Although that Battlestar is Galactica is also not far, because it's got that you're on a carrier vibe. Yeah, but like the briefing room thing, we're getting ahead of ourselves a bit. But like the, the briefing, briefing room... The briefing was 100% Star Wars. Yeah, exactly. The title screen is 100% Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Anyway, you play new recruit lieutenant guy who has never actually flown a ship, but you got a commander posting because he did well on your ACT. Because nepotism, that's what yeah, we'll ACT, call it. advanced combat training, yes. Yeah, exactly. What is the name of the like aptitude test that the military uses? The ASVAB? Is that it? I think it? that's what it is. Okay. I'll I'll I took that. whatever it was when I was in high school because I couldn't be asked to pay for the SAT. I did not. So you're newly recruited lieutenant, what's your name? I love the cold open in this game, which I think is definitely where we should start. You just start piloting a ship, and then almost immediately you die. I'm like, what did I do wrong? What happened? And then it turns out you're in a simulation game in a bar. (laughs) I actually really liked that as well, because you die immediately and then have to enter your name, and that ends up being your name. Which was a little awkward, because I didn't realize that's what it was asking me to do, so my name ended up being just a bunch of nonsense syllable, not even Mm. syllables, letters. It was like, S-J-L-L-L-K-S-J-J-A. Lieutenant Sextiljaws. Well, Rookie, we're just going to call you Rookie, and you did this to yourself. (laughs) But yeah, you start out in this bar. There's a guy on the, I guess the bartender is named Shots, and he's like a retired veteran pilot, and then there are two people sitting at a bar you can talk to who are like Angel and Duke or something. 
You can play the simulator, and that's kind of the training mode. It doesn't really train you at all, but there's no consequences for losing. Yeah, it's a crash course, but like Jeremy said, there's no consequences for losing it, so you get to learn a bit about how the game works in general. And you get to choose your enemy, which all have slightly different flight patterns. There's a big old chalkboard on the wall that keeps track of the various pilots' accomplishments, which I really like. So it gives you kind of a leaderboard to work after from the get-go. So eventually you wander over to the mission room and they're like, hey, you're here. You're putting you on a mission. That's how it works, right? Yep, exactly. This is work for hire, basically. And then you get paired with random wing pilot, who is not random at all. I think you always get paired with spirit, right? Yeah, pretty sure. I got paired with her. Um, and you're like going on a simple scouting mission because you're going to a new sector or but something. But this is a video game, so immediately you get attacked. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. It's the fan as soon as things get started because that's how that works. So I have to shoot them down and well, survive. And Actually, then I- you realize you don't know the controls, even though you played the simulator for like 20 good minutes. You have no idea how to do anything but kind of move and shoot, but not enough to not be shut down. But that's okay, because your remake's actually kind of competent. I, I would actually like to say I also really like the scramble scene, where you're, like, running down a hallway while, like, klaxons are going off. I shot Spirit, like, three times, because she kept getting in the freaking way. And I, I really like, she's like, I would kindly request that you stop shooting me, Commander. So, yeah, you immediately get into a dogfight. I think the reason this is Wing Commander, really, is that you can give your AI companion things to go do in the middle of combat. You have it's like re- eight choices, right? Yeah, it's really hard to tell what they're doing when you tell them to do anything. It's because attached to that is it's hard to tell what they're doing because you don't really have a great deal of spatial like awareness as to what's going on. You have your little radar screen in your cockpit, but because the cockpit doesn't really move, it makes it kind of hard to get a feeling for what's going on outside of it. Yeah, so I'll say the combat is, like, pretty early flight sim. You, like, move your mouse, and then eventually your ship tracks wherever you put your mouse cursor. One button is fire lasers, one button is fire missiles. But they will not tell you which one fires the missiles. They will not tell you which do either. But To be like, fair, they won't tell you which one shoots lasers either. It just hasn't changed since 1991. <laughs> I mean, basically, it's speed up, speed down, roll around, shoot some stuff. It's It's pretty basic. I think the thing that makes it interesting is that you can give your remate some things to go do, and they will, like, give you comms chatter, like, try to give you a heads up if someone's on your tail. The enemy pilots will also occasionally talk to you, although they mostly just say, I'm gonna get ya! It's fairly amusing, though, to have your remate fly around and do stuff. It felt like I was making tactical decisions that probably didn't actually matter. You can also tell them to go back to base if they're about to blow up. Like, if you uh, hover your target cursor over them, you can see the status of their ship. And if they're looking pretty beat up, you can tell them to go back and do the rest of it solo. That's pretty much the entire gameplay loop, though, is you go out, you do a mission, you come back. Basically, you go from waypoint to waypoint, and things happen, usually a dogfight. The enemies, like you said, are a little different, but they also end up being mostly the same. There are also some other things where you have to, like, fly through either a minefield or an asteroid field. Like, they're basically navigate-the-thing challenges instead of shoot-the-thing challenges. Well, I mean, they are different from shoot-the-thing challenges, but at the same time, if that's really all you got, shoot-the-thing and avoid the thing. You also get an escort mission pretty early on, which is actually kind of a fun... I actually like escort missions in flight sims and not in any other game, because that teaches you, like, you have to stay close to whatever your objective is. I'm sure they expand the variety of things you have to do eventually, but honestly, the gameplay loop was so... Like, I figured out what this game was about pretty early on, and I kind of stopped playing after, like, 40 minutes or so. I didn't actually really get into it. I can see why people like it and why it's on people's lists for, like, games that they'd like to see remade or remastered or something like that. Because, like, inside of the cockpit, 
while it's a lot of wasted space, it does. It looks, looks cool. cool. It's got a neat little HUD. Uh, what this game really, really stands out at is immersion. Like the little arcade game you play, that's a really cool touch. The whole cockpit in different ships, your cockpit changes, which is kind of annoying because your radar is suddenly in a different place and your missile loadout is in a different place. But it also adds to that immersion feeling. Even them not telling you the controls, even though I think that's bad design, it always a little bit takes you out of things when it's like, press X to shoot laser. And they don't have anything like that. From the very beginning, they're trying to immerse you and almost nothing takes you out of that. Even when you die, instead of a game over, you get this long, elaborate funeral that I think is and tailored like to where you are. And there's like a monologue. You get a, a shot of your guy blowing up and then they get the then you get the funeral. And yeah. it's like complete with like a 21 gun salute. Yeah. yeah and they fire on. your casket off into space and they like give the uh, commander gives a monologue about like how much wasted potential you had. And yeah, it, uh, it's kind of cool. I mean, for we game over talk about like, that's... not that there's much there, but there's like the uh, save barracks. Oh yeah. Which is just a bunch of beds and you select one and then it's like kind of messy because you saved there. Which yeah. Is a nice or, touch. or there's like a sleeping person there. Like the lockers contain like your achievements and stuff and you can like see whatever medals you've earned on your chest in the mirror. They did a very good job of making this all kind of everything about it is associated with what you would probably see in a situation like that. Like the animations are really, really, really nice, especially for a game in 91. Like anytime it's not just like the talking face, which are so kind of horrifying because they're a little uncanny valley. I think we they're mentioned very that uncanny on, valley. We mentioned that on Fallout and they're not as uncanny valley as Fallout just because the resolution isn't that high, but they're a little weird. But like all the other animations, like anytime someone moves their arm or something, it just like it just looks nice. I was pleasantly surprised like, with like almost Tyler, everything about this game. Like Tyler said earlier on in this episode the scramble scene is actually really well done watching people like get into their fighters and everybody running down the hallway to get to the hangar bay and everything like that it all looks really cool and it really does bring that feeling of okay these guys are all getting ready to go out there it's not just everybody appearing in their fighters or something and something i didn't mention about your wing mates is that as you progress through the game you like get changed out with different wing mates and they all have preferred, like, fighting styles, basically. So, like, they'll take you out on different types of ships, and they do actually feel different. They have different loadouts and different armor and speed capabilities. Um, but your wingmates want to do different things, and they'll, like, ask you to break formation or something. They don't like doing whatever it is that they're doing. And they'll actually, I think, perform more effectively if they're doing their preferred activity, but it may not be the thing you need them to be doing at any given moment. I don't know. It, like, it's got a lot of flavor... Like, everyone feels like they have a distinct personality. It's pleasantly surprising how much, I guess, depth of character this game has, even if there isn't a whole lot of depth of gameplay. Yeah, and it's character of the world, too, because they totally did a bunch of world building, and they do a lot of really cool stuff to bring that across. When you're playing it, even though the graphics are super old, you still feel like you're there, kind of, just because they did everything they needed to do. Uh, And the gameplay works fine. It's not great. Like, but I feel like I would have had a lot more working. fun if I had one of those old joysticks, but I don't know that anyone really has those laying around anymore. Getting used to the mouse took me a couple of minutes because it's real sensitive. Is there anything else we want to say about this final thought-wise? I'm glad we played it, but also I didn't play it a lot because it's kind of hard to get into. Yeah, I really understand, like I said, I understand why people want to see this game remade, and I think it would make for a really cool thing to if somebody were to remake it and do it right. Like I said, give it the Resident Evil 2 treatment, you know, actually remake the game with modern sensibilities, but keep the same feeling. I don't know if anybody would actually be able to pull that off because, you know, video game publishers you know? think of somebody else's property ain't great about that. But, I mean, I couldn't get into it. 
I was looking it up back when we started recording days and days ago. Uh, Star Citizen is supposed to come out in 2020. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. Finally, finally. That game's never coming out. But yet, it's got a lot going on now. I feel like they're making progress, but my... I it's... feel like they've always been making progress. There's I don't feel so like they're much. just riding their cocaine rocket into the sky <laughs> or anything. No, I feel like just... they are making a video game. It's just not one that will ever be done. Yeah, that game's just going to be an alpha for the next 30 years. But what it was originally supposed to be was basically just a modern reinterpretation of this game. And by modern, I now mean six years ago at the time of recording this podcast. Oh, gods, why? Like, it's made by the same guy who did Wing Commander. So it was just supposed to be, like, a modern take of that game, and then it it kicks blew up. Yeah, it kickstarted, and he was like, oh, gods, we don't have the manpower or anything to do any of this. I actually still don't know. Like, I kind of wonder if they just don't have enough software engineers to get all their stuff done because they have so much to do. But they also have $37 million to do it with. Come on, guys. I feel like guys. you can hire some software engineers I feel like you that. could hire someone for that. Um, yeah, and I don't know that I have anything to say about it that we didn't already say. I was pleasantly surprised with it, but I'm probably not going to pick it back up. So speaking of pleasant surprises, we have a list on our website, lastpodcast.com, listing all the video games we've played from best to worst. At the top is Chrono Trigger, which was pleasant, but that wasn't really a surprise. <laughs> At the bottom is City Connection. Which was surprisingly bad. That was an unpleasant surprise. And in the middle is Kirby's Dreamland, a great game to surprise find with inside your Game Boy. So the game I want to start comparing this to might seem a little odd, but it's XCOM UFO Defense. Because uh, it because seems... they both run on DOSBox these <laughs> days. <laughs> it just seems of the era to me, and I had a lot of similar thoughts about the gameplay not being great, but there being a lot of good immersion stuff and me understanding why people think these are great old games that don't super hold up. Huh. XCOM is actually kind of the first um, Resident Evil 2 treated game. Yes. Well, arguably, I mean, you could say Pokemon Red got that earlier. With Fire Red? Yeah. I feel like it's been done before. I guess. the uh, XCOM is just the first one that I had played, so it, it just wasn't something that had occurred to me until just now. Yeah, I mean, this happens fairly frequently. Just not usually as long as between Resident Evil 2 and 2. Well, a lot of them, like, the Resident Evil 1 was basically just a facelift of yep. the original game. Whereas this was like a complete remake of the game. Yeah, and like might as well have been a new game. Yeah. That's a hard question because it, XCOM has so much going on. I think I'd have to give it to Wing Commander over XCOM because Wing Commander's a little bit more playable out of the box. Yeah, and I have a hard time going because like clearly XCOM has more depth. It definitely does have more depth to it. It's just impenetrable. It's unfathomably deep. Cthulhu's down there somewhere. <laughs> He's down there hanging out with the uh, controls to give your guys different weapon loadouts. I was actually going to say I think I might prefer XCOM. Like, I had more fun with Wing Commander, but I think XCOM might actually be the better game overall. So it is up to you now to make a decision. I think Wing Commander's strengths are better than XCOM's strengths, even though I think the games are comparable. That's why I started there. That's reasonable. Like, I obviously had a hard time making that decision, so... Like I said, I it, mainly because I thought or not XCOM Wing Commander is a little bit more playable out of the tin. So like, I don't need the instruction manual really to play Wing Commander. I do need the three week correspondence course and the textbook to play XCOM. <laughs> All right, so I really don't know what to compare this game to. We haven't played a lot like it. I think I'm gonna go up to the next like side scrolling shooter we played with a jet in it, which is actually up quite a ways. It's Life Force. I think I prefer this to Life Force, actually. Life I, Force was a very disappointing sequel. I think it Life Force was. is better than this. Yeah, it's definitely a disappointing sequel, but it's got the multiplayer stuff, and it's still, like, it's, it's so disappointing gradius. compared to Gradius, which is, I don't know, like, top 20 on our list still. 
It's very good. So I also think Life Force is better. Although this gives me the even worse task of having to pick something else to compare it to. <laughs> I'm going them. to assume that Uncharted Waters is not in between those two. No. no. It is I was actually just telling Jen about Uncharted Waters earlier this week. That's another one of those games that I would really love to see get the RE2 treatment. They made that MMO at some point that was apparently pretty good. Yeah, but that's an MMO. That's not me playing a single player game. I don't The want problem other is players. they made a lot more of those. They just never brought them to America. So probably one of the sequels was what you wanted it to be. So this is, again, a very weird pick. But another game that I think shines in some very specific ways is Super Dodgeball for the NES. Okay. Super now Dodgeball. I see why. Because they're both full of flavor. Yeah. That flavor flavor. I think Super Dodgeball plays a little bit better, though, at the end of the day. And also it has a multiplayer mode that doesn't work super well. But no, I would agree with you. I, mean, I think I'd have to go with Super Dodgeball here because it's another one of those games that's a little bit like Wing Commander is playable. but. Super Dodgeball is a lot easier to pick up and play. Yeah, I was actually going to go for Wing Commander. I do love Super Dodgeball, but... So let's just go to the straight middle of our list. How do we think it... No, no, Zach didn't play that game, did he? What game was Kirby's it? Kirby's Dreamland. Yeah. There's only like five, Zach. Zach didn't play that game either. You should go play them. <laughs> no. I guess actually there's eight, you, because he didn't play Gunstar Heroes, right? No. What was the first episode Zach was on? Ogre Battle. Battle. March of the Black Queen was the first episode I was on for... A that specific reason. Okay, so it's a shooter, so it's got that in common. How do we think it compares to Contra 3 The Alien Wars? The problem is I don't think it's as good. Like, Contra 3 is not my favorite, but... No, I think I would actually have okay to give Contra. it to Contra, because it's still a pretty okay Contra game. I like Contra. I think I'd have to give it to Contra as well, largely because multiplayer. It's a really solid side-scrolling shooter. It's not Metal Slug. So I found another side-scrolling shooter in here, Glaylancer. How do we think it compares to Glaylancer? I would rather I would rather play Wing Commander. Me than too. Glaylancer. Okay. This is a weird uh, thing, but right above Glaylancer, we have Space Invaders. Huh. And we can kind of play them both on Legacy. I feel like so. Yeah. Also, I mean, Space Invaders is a solid arcade game. I right? feel like I prefer Space Invaders because you can still pick it up and play it today, and that's worth something. And yeah. It's still pretty fun. I would agree with Jeremy's assessment on that. But all all that good immersion juice. I mean, it is good, but I still don't think it's as good as Space Invaders. All right. Well, let it be known. This does put Wing Commander a few spots below Pokemon Puzzle League, which I think might make us bad people, but... I don't disagree, (laughs) though. As you said in the past, it is the tyranny of the list. Yes. I don't disagree with that assessment, though, so I'm not sure what's going on here. So Wing Commander goes at 152, just barely not a Mew. It's a Chikorita. <laughs> Above Galay Lancer and below Space Invaders. Which is a Mew. What are we playing next week, Jeremy? So we're going to play Shadow of the Ninja. I was going to call Devil May Cry 2 because Devil May Cry 5 is coming out tomorrow. But then I decided to play Kingdom Hearts 2. And I wasn't going to pause playing <laughs> Kingdom Hearts 2 to give Devil May Cry 2 the attention it deserves. So I picked a ninja game. A ninja okay, game. all right. I've never heard of that one. So next time on Last Time, neither have I.
That's a transition. Look, there is a part in Kingdom Hearts 2 where you fight a, fight a Star Destroyer. You fight a Star Destroyer in Kingdom Hearts 2. It's very good, Zach. I thought I knew what my stinger was, but now it's that, so thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so mature. This has been a Last Podcast production, copyright 2019.